Mary has chosen the better part which will not be taken away from her. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we come before you once again asking you to join us in this place and trusting that you are here with us. May my words this morning be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So normally I like my uh, sermons to be sort of timeless, right? They sort of exist forever on the internet. So I was hesitant to talk about a viral video this morning because everyone will have forgotten about it in five seconds. But there is a, a viral video on YouTube by a guy named Chris Fleming. It's easy to look up. It's called Company is Coming. And in this video, he uh, runs around his house uh, screaming about how it needs to be cleaned. It's from 2015, which in viral video terms is sort of long-lasting. It's got about 10 million views. He's playing a character named Gale, and company is just about to arrive. And some of my favorite lines from this video include, Harry, if you haven't made your bed, throw it away. It's too late to make it now. And I want the toilet looking like one of those chairs from Men in Black headquarters. And get rid of the couches. We can't let people know that we sit. It's funnier when he does it. It's really an embarrassing lack of laughter. Um, at one point in the video, he gets so frustrated that he just starts turning around and spinning and spinning and spinning, knowing that there's so much to do and no time left to do it in. He says, I want this place looking like Disney on ice in one minute. That's funny, despite your lack of laughter, because we all know somebody like that. It's funny because it's us. Well, maybe it's not you. It's not really me. I don't actually feel the need to clean the house when company is coming, especially company that's going to mess the house up. Um, but I've got another illustration for you, one more timeless than a viral video, in fact, from uh, the ultimate timeless thing, uh, the television show Frasier, which will last for all eternity. Uh, this is one of my all-time favorite episodes of this. You may have heard me talk about this before. I'm sort of addicted to it. Uh, but in this particular episode of Frasier, Frasier and his brother Niles sneak an invitation into an exclusive health spa. And they've been enjoying it, they love it, but then they realize that they've only been enjoying the silver level and that there's a gold level that they're not allowed to go into. In fact, it's reserved for gold level members only. And so immediately the silver level becomes absolutely intolerable. They can't stand it for their desire for the gold level. They call the silver level a hellhole. But eventually, of course, they're able to wrangle a pass through the gold door and into the gold level. And it's amazing. It meets all of their golden expectations. They have wonderful massages and skin treatments. They've got lotion on their faces and slices of cucumber on their eyes. And they are deposited at the end of this experience into a place called the Relaxation Grotto with soft breezes and bubbling streams, and everything is perfect until they notice the platinum door. 
And that's when things get good in the episode and actually begin to be an illustration for what our scripture this morning is trying to teach us. Niles wants to go through the unlocked platinum door and Fraser cries, this is heaven right here and now. Why do we have to think about someplace else? And Niles makes the amazing retort. This is only heaven for people who can't get into the real heaven, the platinum heaven. And finally, Fraser wonders what we all wonder. Why can't we be happy? Now, Fraser goes over to the platinum door to sneak a peek through it. And just then an employee comes into the spa and says, you're not allowed through there. Please remain in the relaxation grotto. And with that, of course, the relaxation grotto becomes an excruciating prison, leading to my favorite line in the entire series of Frasier, my favorite line in all of sitcom history. Please remain in the relaxation grotto, mumbles Frasier. Have crueler words ever been spoken? (laughs) And so finally... Frazier and Niles go through the platinum door and realize the truth. There is no platinum level spa. They're outside with the dumpsters and the garbage locked out of the spa altogether. It turns out, of course, that Frazier was right. They shouldn't have been worried about what might be behind the platinum door and just enjoyed the relaxation grotto, the heaven that they were already in. But it wasn't enough for them. They needed more. And the more they got was outside with the garbage. And when Jesus comes over to Martha's house, she goes about the business of having a guest over. You know the drill. She's washing the grapes, putting out the triscuits, cutting a wedge of brie, Uh, Just like anyone else would. She wants everything to be just right for her guests. She wants the toilets to look like those chairs from Men in Black headquarters. And who can blame her, by the way? Her guest just happens to be Jesus Christ himself. But Mary, Martha's sister, she wants to stay in the relaxation grotto, right? She's sitting there with Jesus. At his feet, listening to him. Martha finally has enough and comes in and says, Hey, Jesus, tell Mary, my good-for-nothing sister, to get off her bum, do the right thing, and help me out. And then Jesus does the thing that I will love him for forever. Other than, you know, dying on the cross for my sins and being resurrected for my justification. I'll love Jesus forever because he comes down on the side of the lazy bones. Martha, he says, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, Jesus has talked about these issues of activity versus inactivity before, but usually he has talked about them in disguise, in parables. In Matthew chapter 13, he talks about seeds that are sown on different kinds of soil, where it's the soil that determines how the seed grows. In 
Mark chapter 4, more about seeds. He talks about seeds growing even though the farmer doesn't know how. And in Matthew 20, in that famous story, he talks about workers who only work for an hour getting the same wage as workers who have worked the whole day. But here, he makes this explicit. Martha is the worker, Mary is the sitter, and Jesus says that it is Mary who has chosen the better part. It's better to simply sit at Jesus' feet, listening, and doing nothing. The implication here is clear. If you busy yourself doing all the things you think you ought to do for Jesus, you miss out on the man himself. If you busy yourself doing all the things you think you ought to do for Jesus, you miss out on the man himself. Just like Fraser, who can't simply stay in the relaxation grotto, but must strive for the next level of exclusivity, and Martha, who can't sit still because of all the work she feels that she's supposed to be doing, we are always trying to do. The question of, are you a Mary or are you a Martha, is sort of a nonsensical one. We are Marthas. We are doers. We call it all sorts of things. We call it doing what Jesus would do. We ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? And then we get to work. What does Jesus want me to do about this particular relationship I'm in? What does he want me to do about the world I live in? What does he want me to do about raising my kids? What does he want me to do about my job? What does Jesus want me to do about my relationship with him? You can see how quickly it gets exhausting. Martha... Jesus says, take a deep breath. Enjoy the relaxation grotto for a moment. Jesus is in your house. Because remember, the good news is not an answer to a question about what Jesus wants you to do. The good news is an announcement of what Jesus has already done for you. In his letter to the Colossians that we heard from, St. Paul talks about the relaxation grotto. He says, You who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. Did you catch that? Paul is talking in the past tense. You who were once estranged, he has now reconciled. Paul is talking about actions that have been completed. We who were estranged from God because of our evil deeds, we are now reconciled to him on account of Christ. It's over. It's finished. We're in the relaxation grotto. But to be sure, we are called to do things. This impulse is not sinful. Jesus does order our relationships. He does have instructions for us about the world we live in and how we are to interact with it. He does have something to say about the way we arrange our households. He does call us into a deeper relationship with him. But that last one is the key thing right there, isn't it? Our Obedience to him 
the rightness of our doing hinges on our being in a deep relationship with him. And that means sitting at his feet. Listen, when we single-mindedly focus on the doing, and poor Martha, right? She's a, she's a broader person than we get the picture of in just this little story. But when we single-mindedly focus on the doing, we end up like Gail in the viral video, spinning around in a circle, screaming at the people in her family. Right? The guests are coming in one minute, and our house is a disaster. We end up like Fraser and Niles, unable to enjoy where we are because we see something that might be better, something that might get us more. A direct result of the good news is that our doing will be reordered by our sitting. Our doing will be renovated by our sitting at Jesus' feet. We will only do what is right when we resolutely focus on sitting at Jesus' feet doing nothing but basking in his finished work for us. Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care That my sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part. Jesus says that it is better to remain in the relaxation grotto. Why try to do more when you have me here with you right now? Like Fraser and Niles realized too late, the profundity of the gospel is that we are in the best place already. We are there right now. St. Paul's words again, you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death. So as to present you, listen to these three words, holy, blameless, irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. When Paul talks about continuing Right? Securely established and steadfast in the faith. He means to continue to stay right there where you are. Without shifting. Full of hope. The hope promised by the gospel. Stay forever aware that you are saved and perfected by Christ's work and not your own. The gospel promise is that that work is already done and no more is necessary. Jesus says, rest. There is no improving on this relaxation grotto of Christ's love for sinners. Jesus has lived and died 
and shed his blood for us. Our sin has been given to him and his righteousness, his goodness, his sinlessness has been given to us. He said it is finished. And he said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. We who were once estranged have been declared reconciled, holy, blameless, irreproachable. On account of Christ, the work is over. And now, in Jesus, what seems like to us humans the gravest sin can become the biggest blessing. We can stop striving. Jesus has good news for us Marthas. The work is done. Your house is clean. Jesus is here with you now. Amen.